Welcome to The Network Effects, a show about how innovators have turned their ideas into movements. Hosted by Zan Bennett and Daniel Avnieli. Hey everyone, welcome to The Network Effects. Today's guest is the founder of Cowboy Crickets, a Montana-based cricket protein startup. Please welcome James Rowland. James, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so I wanted to start by just asking you a little bit about your background. Kind of take us back to, to you're getting out of high school um, and you're looking for kind of the next step. What, what was uh, your decisions looking like at that time? Well, I knew I didn't want to go to college um, and the military seemed like the, the best route. Uh, I had a lot of friends and family in the military. I'd been in ROTC in high school, so I went into the Coast Guard and became a uh, machinery technician. Huh, that's really interesting. Um, and then after that, you decided to go back to college for economics, or? Uh, it was a while after that. I was in there for six years, then got out for a couple years, had a few businesses that did either well or failed, and then uh, uh, ended up in Montana, the Army National Guard. And then that's actually when we started going back to school but uh, initially no it wasn't economics it was um, actually a pre-med major I was a combat medic in the army and so I was going to go to medical school until the business kind of took over everything <laughs> wow so so was the take us back to the beginning of uh, cowboy crickets was was this idea something other than a business at the beginning and did it evolve into that or did you always have it in mind that maybe you could turn this into something it always kind of started as a business. Uh, Kathy, my, my wife and the CEO of the company, she's the one who actually uh, discovered it, the, the whole concept of entomophagy and edible insects uh, while going to school at MSU. She went to the bug buffet, and uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. And then she uh, brought the idea back to me and was telling me how all these people are super excited and, and edible insects are the future of food. And I'm like, this is silly. Uh, you know, we, we don't need to be doing this, but uh, she, she wanted me to look into it. And, you know, after a long time of researching it, it, it really started to make sense. Three years later, here we are with the uh, largest edible insect producer in the U.S., wow. uh, which is a niche market. But uh, either way, you know, we've kind of helped to pioneer a lot of the growth that our country's been seeing with it. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh I've I've actually done a little bit of research and it's very sustainable, healthy source of protein. So it makes sense that it's a growing industry in the United States right now. Um, so, yeah, when it, when it comes to like deciding to finally get started on the business, was it uh, was it something that you knew you immediately wanted to like start the business or or something that you kind of uh, your wife was kind of pushing for? her idea and something that, that she wanted to push for um, I I wasn't super sold on it until several months of researching it but once we did figure out kind of where the pain points were and that this is a growing industry it started to make sense right away that this is a business that we should get into and you know maybe we should kind of risk the farm again and and uh, get back into business even though it bit us in the butt you know the, the time before um, it, it just kind of made sense and if, if you don't risk it, then you know it's not going to work out. So we, we made a go at it. You mentioned that you had a business that you were working at before. Uh, I was wondering if you could let us know a little bit about what that was and, and how that worked out. So after getting out of the Coast Guard, 
we moved from where we were stationed, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, down to Harrison, Michigan, which is just basically in the middle of the state. And we bought a family fun center, like mini golf, go-karts, arcades, stuff like that. Um, actually did okay for the first two years. Uh, then Detroit went bankrupt, and uh, so did we. Basically, most of our customers came from the Detroit Ann Arbor area. They were uh, up there vacationing. And, you know, when people start losing their jobs, the first thing they do is stop going to their vacation homes. So we lost 90% of our customers in one season, um, lost the business, two houses, the property for the business, um, basically everything that we owned, and uh, went through bankruptcy, moved back to California. It was it was a, a hellacious thing to go through. Uh, it really sucked. We had a lot of food insecurity, and that's really kind of what our motivation has been with Cowboy Crickets is feed more people. Uh, insects and crickets are just one way to do that. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, when it when it comes to dealing with these, it sounds like you've actually dealt with a decent amount of uh, ups and downs getting to the point that you're at now. Um, one of our main goals is to kind of inform students that the the road to success definitely has some uh, some speed bumps along the way. Uh, did the National Guard help you at all when it came to dealing with business problems and life situations like that? I think that the military in general does help quite a bit with entrepreneurship, uh, and we can see this in the numbers. If you look at success rates among businesses with the veteran community versus general population, it's considerably higher, several times higher success rate with the veteran community. And I think that a big portion of that is, is just the uh, skills that you learn about uh, pushing forward and, and always completing the mission and you know working with a few amount of resources and doing things in an unconventional way. Uh, versus kind of if you go through a standard entrepreneurship program, uh, which is a little silly to try to teach that because it's really more of a process than a skill set. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, they, they teach you, okay, here's what a company is and here's how you raise money and here's all the steps. But that's great until the first shots are fired and the whole mission falls apart, right? Your whole <laughs> yeah. plan's gone. Yeah. So what do you do after that? But you have to think on your feet. And that's something that's not taught in universities is how to actually think critically, truly critically on your feet and fail and be okay that you're going to fail and plan to fail. Yeah. Um, because if, if you're not comfortable with failure, you're, you're probably not going to succeed because you're just going to stop. Yeah, no, definitely. That is one of the main uh, points that we're trying to get across through this project is that, you know, uh, plans are great up until it falls through, and then what do you do? And then how do you persevere and things like that? So you're kind of touching on exactly what we're uh, what we've been talking about. What do you think uh, is is specific about you that you've learned through this that you wish that if if you could tell yourself maybe maybe a year ago or maybe five years ago, like what would you say? What would you say to um, help yourself out? Do you have do you have any insights on that? You know, I, I don't know if there's really anything that I could say uh, to myself that would have helped. So much of this has just been a process of of, of learning that I, I don't think can just be taught or told. It has to be experienced. Um, the one thing I would say, because it worked out really well for us, is you know, write for grants because free money is good. 
Um, that's worked out really well. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're, that's that's very interesting. One of the things that um, I have found fascinating to talking to people is how creative people have been about how they found money. So um, maybe just kind of digging a little deeper. When you when you talk about grants, I mean, we don't have to go into specifics, but were you talking to specific people or foundations or just what were the channels that you used to uh, to get that message across? One thing that we got very comfortable with from the beginning was asking for help. <clears throat> and asking for help can be very tough. It's, it's a, a difficult thing to learn. Uh, it's, it's a skill that you kind of have to build up and, and get comfortable with. Uh, but man, once you do, you'll find that there are people that really, really want to help and organizations that do as well. The, the problem is they're not going to go out there and find you. You have to, you have to go find them. Um, so once we start putting ourselves out there and telling people, Hey, if you find anything, you know, we're trying to do this project, anything you can do to help, uh, is appreciated. They started coming to us with, you know, here's this grant that's coming up or, well, I know this person, there's this accelerator, um, and so it gave us more opportunities because we put ourselves out there and made ourselves vulnerable. Uh, and that vulnerability has been returned instead of rejected. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Zan talked about when you were out in Boulder, you uh, attended the Boomtown Accelerator. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that experience as well. Boomtown was great because kind of like our bankruptcy, it was way cheaper than an MBA and way more effective. <laughs> uh, the, the program is designed to teach you what you need to know, not all the things that a banker or maybe a you know, corporate manager needs to know. Being an entrepreneur and being a CEO at a Fortune 500 company are not the same job. And you don't need the same skill set. You don't need the same information. So they distilled everything down and just kind of let you keep repeating that process until you figure out how to best explain what you do. Um, so it was a fantastic three months down there of uh, going through that and really learning what's our why and, and how do we proceed. Very, very interesting. So that kind of brings us into today where you're still working um, on Cowboy Crickets. You, if I'm correct, you're, you're in, in Montana now. Is that right? That's correct. Bozeman, Montana. Bozeman, Montana. Beautiful place. And what I'm curious about is, is what does your day-to-day -day look like? Like when you're working on this project, um, what, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, uh, it's different every day. And that's one of the beautiful things about having a business. You, know, you, you get to tell yourself what your hours are. Uh, of course, it ends up being way, way more hours than if you just had a regular job and you usually don't get paid as well, but um, that means every day is different. So today, I'm going to go in and check on some crickets and then come back home and do emails. That's that's basically all today is. Uh, but some days it's an event or it's flying to a different country or uh, it's teaching people. I mean, every day is just so different. It really keeps you on your toes. You have to get kind of creative with uh, all the different aspects of the business. Yeah, something that we're trying to get more in depth with is uh, some of the difficulties that you face. And I, I could definitely see one of the difficulties being uh, educating the population that uh, insect protein is a viable source of protein and it's, and it's not quote-unquote gross. Uh, have, you, have you dealt with 
like the education process being one of the most difficult things about starting this business or what's that been like? It is one of the more difficult things, uh, but it's also the most important because you're correct. There's this uh, gross factor, ick factor out there about eating insects, especially among Western cultures. So we have two main ways that we've been changing minds. The first one, the earliest one, is making really good, relatable food. So our chocolate chirp cookies are just a soft chocolate chip cookie, but with cricket powder. You never know the difference unless you read the label. Yeah. And that gets people comfortable with the idea. Um, and then from there, we created our uh, visitor center here in Bozeman that just opened February 1st. And so now people can come in from anywhere in the world, fly into Bozeman, check out a live insect farm and all of our different exhibits and learn about why we do this and how we do it. Um, and when they leave there, they can take that information and share it with others. And, and that education is breeding customers and creating trust. I love that. Breeding crickets and breeding some information with the people. Um, yeah. So, so when you bring on, when you're, when you're talking it, right now, is it, it's you and your wife working. Do you guys have a team as well? We do. We have uh, three other employees. So when you're looking to bring people on as a team, what are the, the things that you look for? What are the things that you think are the most important? Uh, they have to be able to get along with us and they have to bring a skill set that we don't already have. Um, the more minds there are in the, the bucket, the, the kind of the better you're going to be able to do. You know, you have, you have different ways of looking at what's happening. And that's what we try to hire for is someone that has a different skill set, but the same motivations as us so that when times get hard, they understand, Hey, you know, maybe paychecks will be a little later. Maybe we've got to volunteer some hours, but they actually believe in what we're doing. Um, and what they do is important in its own right. So it's not just redundancies. Yeah, I mean, something uh, I'm sure for all the students that are listening, that provides a little bit, a good amount of hope for uh, not just needing to fill in the box and go to something very specific, but you can, uh, you can be something that, you know, you work as a team and you develop your character as you grow, not just for one thing like marketing or, or one aspect of business. Absolutely. We hire more for the individual than the skill set. It does have to be a complementary skill set, but I mean, it doesn't have to be anything specific. That individual will bring so much more to the company if they truly believe in what we're doing than someone with the right credentials will, who is just here for a paycheck. Yeah. Right. I, I wanted to ask you if you have any books, podcasts, or movies, or anything that like that that you found either inspiring or educational, something that you might recommend somebody who's traveling down a similar path to, uh, to take a look at? I think for entrepreneurship and business, uh, How I Built This is just fantastic. It's an NPR podcast. Um, it's pretty well known, so I'm sure many other people would have already uh, said or, or heard it. Yeah. Um, and then there's a uh, friend of mine, Mike Ergo, who has a podcast, so if you search for him, um, Transitions from War, it's fantastic for uh, any veterans, uh, especially veteran entrepreneurs, but really anyone that's just looking to kind of get their mind focused, get past some trauma, and, uh, and move forward with life. And so Transitions from War and How I Built This. 
Yeah, that's really useful. Um, so to wrap things up on our final question, uh, something that we're trying to ask every person we interview is, uh, who would you recommend that we interview next? Someone that you maybe look up to as an entrepreneur or someone that you really respect in the industry? Oh. <laughs> it's a harder one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I guess I'd, I'd almost have to get back to you on that. I mean, there's, there's just so many people that we've met that have been you know, amazing mentors and uh, would would be good to, to get information from and love to do that. Um, oh, goodness. Kind of just make sure that you put yourself out there so you're constantly meeting new people and networking yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what we do. I mean, it's, it, we just put our neck out there constantly. Say yes to everything you can. Um, there's almost always something that comes from it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, a guy that I met recently um, here also in Bozeman uh, runs a company called Montana Mex. His name's Eduardo and uh, has a fantastic, amazing story. If you're able to reach out to him, um, he'll be way more entertaining than I am. Huh. And uh, he's he's just doing some amazing stuff in the culinary world. Wonderful. Well, we'll definitely reach out to him. And I wanted to thank you for uh, for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. And if you're ever back in Boulder, um, let us know. We'd love to stop by and, and you know get some crickets from you. Um, last thing I wanted to say is if people are interested in buying some crickets or just reaching out to you and talking to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? On all the social medias, at Cowboy Crickets, cowboycrickets.com. Uh, and then you can also find us on Amazon. The best way to learn about us, though, is probably our YouTube channel. Uh, that's where we post weekly videos about how to farm crickets and everything going on in the company and how all of our products are made. So if you really want to learn what we're doing right there, you can come and see me talk at you once a week about whatever's going on. Awesome. At CowboyCrickets.com. Okay, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you. Okay, you too. Stay curvy. Thanks for listening to The Network Effects. If you want to check out more about today's guests or other exclusive content, go to thenetworkeffects.com. There you can follow all of our social medias and sign up for our mailing list.